Monday. Okay, and welcome back to episode four of the Master Done Podcast. Who'd have thought it? I'm surprised you stuck with it this long. <laughs> Same here. Um, uh, again, we're doing a rugby podcast tonight, uh, previous to what we did kind of last time. We'll review game three and four for the Irish provinces, and then we'll move on to a preview this time of the Interpros, which are coming up this weekend. I'll introduce my guests. So we'll start with, hold your horses. Start with Westy. Introduce yourself, Westy. Hi, I'm Westy. <laughs> yeah. You're a regular uh, guest at this stage. Yeah. Recurring guest. Three out of four. We appreciate you. Thank you, too bad. Don't have a lot else going on, you see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever get a hobby, we're done. <laughs> okay, and finally, you've all been waiting for us. Sam. Hashtag free me. I'm this. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't understand any Hashtag bird gang Fly eagles fly Go Just clarify Westy's super white So doesn't get <laughs> Any of these references That's <laughs> all I, 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 do. Like, I, I saw a tweet earlier It was like uh, A cabinet in The UK You know Like a uh, Political cabinet And someone put the caption It's like This looks like a group of people Who think mayonnaise is too spicy <laughs> <laughs> Yeah It is literally that kind of way Alright okay We'll start with of course The best provinces there is Connacht. Con- Can I point out that Con- Steve from Cavan is wearing a Connacht hat right now? I am actually yeah. a snapback of all things, but Steve from Cavan is the only person uh, with picture evidence in a published oh, yeah. magazine being at a Connacht match. Looking disappointing. I'd well, think. apparently we were quite heavily featured on. Uh, we were quite heavily featured at the weekend. My yeah. dad complimented how well wrapped up I was. Oh really? From the, the it was really security. Cold. It was very cold, oh, and I was yeah. very hungover after my staff party the night before. Uh, I was sick for most of the day before, sick for most of the day after. Shouldn't have been there, but it was great. No, no, oh, no, you no. had to be there. I had to be what, there. A, what a game to be at. Well, no, game three. We'll start with game three. Oh, last start with game three. Not a good game to be at. So no, lucky three. we didn't go over this one. No, we are lucky. Gloucester away, uh, Connacht losing 26-17. So More the nature of the defeat that was the problem with it. Uh, yeah. Going over, we would have probably been happy with losing bonus point playing the way we had played it was the scoreline just like the game before against Toulouse the scoreline wasn't kind to us we, we didn't deserve to lose by the extent that we did 26-17 yeah. wasn't it 26-17 mm. and the fact that Gloucester got the full 5 points yeah. in the pool and us to come away with nothing yeah. I mean, that's, so. that's the killer because mm. we played some very good rugby at times and we let them back into it with some silly silly mistakes I, I, I watched bits of this game so like kind of leading at half time and seemed to have you know a good control of the game it was still yeah. competitive uh, we know, I know here Godwin got the yellow car which obviously not great and then that intercept try the intercept try kills us I was absolutely. but d- didn't we have didn't, sorry trying to be objective here yeah. didn't Connacht have an advantage before the pass was thrown it wasn't given as an advantage but this is something that's been brought up on loads of different radio stations podcasts everything whereby the Gloucester man was allowed to lie over the ball for about 20 seconds. This was it apparently was crazy. Yeah, this was apparently very apparent in the second the game four as well in Connacht. It was, oh, it was so bad. Lying yeah. right across the ball like and completely killing any momentum we had. And one of the things that you saw with us the weekend and the week before was when we were on quick ball, a quick recycled ball off the bottom of the rook, straight out uh, through like blade getting it out as quick as possible. That's when we were making our yards. Oh, yeah. The second we tried to kind of go into the attritional game and break it down and bring it in, we had three or four trips to the 22 when we were slowed the game down and did that annoying Joe Schmidt Ireland thing of trying to bulldoze over the line and got nowhere in the three or four trips. And then, you know, the time we did score at the end is because it was quick, recycled. Yeah. Like, 
offload. I think, yeah, the best attack you're going to get is quick, quick ball out of the rock. That's what Lance did so well. But, um, I mean, they were, like, and I think I texted you this during the game, like, we were leading and we were playing quite well, but they were building. You know, they were pushing things yeah. a little bit further and you could kind of see that, like, you knew the second half was going to be tough. And then the yeah. wind and the rain got, the wind, got yeah. the wind particularly got a lot worse. Um, and I think, again, look, Kyle Godwin gets an unfortunate yellow card for offside, wasn't it? Or for repeated infringements down the line, yeah. Godwin takes it. And, like, you just can't concede two quick tries like that. Yeah, but I've, I've, and it's the same with the Rugby World Cup. I never thought that I would ever criticise rugby referees, but, like, the inconsistency... Oh, come to the sports crowd, it's all I do. But, like, they used to be, like, compared to, like, soccer referees, you know, they're so well-respected and so, like, in control of everything. But like in the World Cup, you know, inconsistent play the whole time, and now it seems to be happening again. I think the biggest the other way now. I think the biggest thing with the World Cup, it was only when I started explaining it to someone that doesn't like rugby that was watching it with me. Uh, I started explaining it, and I was like, the, about the rules surrounding scrums and stuff, and I was like, oh yeah, each ref will rule like uh, rule the game differently. Like they, yeah. they kind of look at the scrums differently. And she was like, what are you talking about? The rules are the rules. I know. <laughs> it's that, like, yeah, there's it's, no other yeah, sport in true. the world where the rules yeah. are so up for interpretation. Yeah. Like, the French refs like to do this a bit. Yeah, like, no, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that like, is, it is strange. It's just more, I suppose, like, well, it's not really, like, a rule break is a rule break, but you're you're letting the scrum, if the ball, you know, some refs will let the ball be played if, if the ball's are in the back of the scrum, even though the front rows have gone down. And like, yeah. well, the ball's in the back, play it. It just depends. And again, if they like, you know, Certain players have better relations with referees. There's a reason that Rory Best was picked for Ireland captain, not Johnny Sexton. Yeah, but that, that, that exists in every doesn't. sport. Like, someone who's personable and able to talk to a ref does yeah. exist in every sport. But I think that the grey area in rugby, and I think it's gotten much, much worse in this last, I'd say, for since we were in secondary school, since about 60 or so, you're going on 10, 11 years now, they have changed the scrums rules and line out rules and mall rules every year yeah. or every 18 months since and it's just such a grey area now mm. like back in the day it used to be hit if it went down it went down if it stayed up and it got out it got out but now there's if you go more than a metre forward and yeah. you go up first and you break off and it comes it's, there's so many the different rules yeah. just a lottery like if you're unless you know and I think only really probably about 10% of fans actually know like what's going on in the scrum and I'm not including myself in that but when you're looking in as someone who doesn't really know what's going on if a scrum collapses, you have no idea which way he's going to lift his hand. Well, I mean? that, that's completely made up. Because when we were at the game the weekend, the Connacht game, you could see their guy put his hand on the ground first and yeah. then collapse. And then the, the linesman who was between us and the scrum, like we were looking down his eye line, said nothing. The ref yeah. put it back together. Then the same thing happened that he gives it up to Gloucester. There's that rule with the who goes down first is completely just made up as they go along. Yeah, they just guess. They be, can't yeah. see anything. But the one that I think is even worse is the new one that's... I think it's to do with dangerous play, where... If you're too dominant. If you're too dominant and you go through... No You way. see it, like, Munster had it a couple of weeks ago, where they drove the, the scrum about three, four metres, and they were congratulating themselves, because they'd grown up their entire lives being that's like, this, good, is, yeah. this is what we do. And the ref gave it the other way, and it was like, what? You that's silly now. That's crazy. That's tough, yeah. yeah, so it's, it's, I think it must be some sort of, like, metre and a half to two metres, or so before like, they start to come up. Like, what they're trying to say is, like, beat them, but not that much. Push them a little bit, push get the ball out, but don't walk it down that's the pitch. That's like lower grade rugby stuff and then it's silly like it's, it, I mean, it's, 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 going, it's defeating the whole purpose of the scrum you know, yeah, it's, it's exactly. going to turn the scrum into even more of a game for a penalty which is primarily what it is now anyway like, yeah. oh, like scrum clocks as well when they put them up I can't remember what channel it is still doing it but they put up like scrum clocks oh, how much time you were like 12 minutes yeah. spent watching a scrum and you're like, the poor pitch it happened, it happened in the Connor Kings game there three weeks ago like 
the last of the last twenty minutes of the game, like I think twelve or thirteen of it was scrums. I know it's not fun to watch either. It's kind of but anyway, look at um, off, we're getting off topic here. Yeah, so that was yeah disappointed to come away with nothing there, but then uh, great response back in the sports. Before you leave, Cipriani definitely meant that. Kick. Oh, absolutely! I it took me a long time to come around with it uh, because it's so. I think stupid's a fair word. <laughs> in the time it was. No, I'm not gonna say. I I'm gonna say his foot shape. That's the only thing I was like. Okay, but we that. we spoke about that type of player. We I, we spoke about that type of player, talking the preview show for this round of fixtures about Cipriani. We yes. spoke about how like we were Simulers, talking about Finn Russell. I think we were talking about Finn Russell, yeah. uh, Carity, and Cipriani, and how they are high risk, high reward, and they play on the game line. They play on the edge of insanity. Definitely, and that's the type of thing. Though. That's the type of thing they do. Uh, like Car- Cardi, I know it didn't end up meaning anything because it was in that Leinster game where we got hockeyed a couple of months ago. But Carty did something very similar, and people were like, "Oh, he didn't mean to do it." I was like, "Because it's Carty, I'm actually going to say he did mean to do the ridiculous cross field game, yeah. the one that bounced in front of his winger." As a coach, I'm sure like that can be frustrating, especially with it like they were on their own what 15 meter line. But you don't want to stifle a player like that. Like I agree. If, as a coach, it might be frustrating, but what version of Cipriani are you going to get if you turn him into just a? Shovel shit, pass it on, kind I, of guy. Yeah. I think a lot of, like, I'm trying to think, is it fair? Who's the best player on that pitch? Is it Bundy? Yeah, well, okay, well, on the comic pitch. Depends on how you want to look at it, but you can say arguably Bundy is the most effective player on the pitch is Bundy, but I think our most technically gifted player is Carty. No, I think. The, on the pitch that day between the two teams, Cipriani t- definitely top three. Well, Cipriani, Cipriani, I think, of the two teams, if I had the two squads lined up and I was to pick out the best player of the two of them, I think Cipriani. Cipriani yeah, I feel bad saying because I love Jack and I think Conor Fitz is unreal but yeah but yeah. Conor Fitz is young and Jack is also like him. he's young and inexperienced in comparison to Cipriani uh, who's the Gloucester scrum half I can't remember Simpson does it I can't remember but uh, no, no I'd, I'd go Sips and then probably Bundy Aki as my two but, and probably the, I'd probably go Bundy one and then I'd probably go with Cipriani two but my point is kind of saying like yeah like when you're that when that's your calibre yeah that you're a, you definitely get like a, a pass on those things if they go wrong. Yeah, so I think I think so. I, I think the amount of times it's the come way off it came or off as well. Like it was so low and like spinny. Like it just. That, and that's just how good he is. I like, know. So uh, like it's like there was uproar we didn't make being in squad during the summer. Oh, yeah, Rightly yeah. so. But I just I think with Cipriani like that's the type of player he is. Like I I remember being in secondary school being out in the pitch at uh, lunchtime. Dinking crossfield kicks to each other and shouting Cipriani. Yeah, it's just yeah. like he's just been that sort of player. Yeah. He's gone. He's like Craig Cooper. He'll get the ball in his own twenty-two and he'll do something magic, and that's what he does. And that's the reason is I think. It, he's is it bad that you've named like players there that kind of never reached their potential? <laughs> <laughs> Craig think, Cooper being one of them. Well, I just think like the job of an international coach is so there's so much pressure on it to get it right that you almost don't want to take the risk that a good club player brings. Like Cipriani is an amazing yeah. club player. But you can understand why Eddie Jones going to the World Cup doesn't want a wild card. Yeah, but isn't that what we were talking about last week when we were talking about scrum halves and we were saying that like you start Miami and you bring Blade on, he's ability to change a game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't that the whole point of bringing like okay, you bring yeah. if you go to a World Cup, you bring in three tens, right? Yeah. Like Ireland did. So you're bringing your best ten, you're bringing your backup ten, and then you you're bring in a wild card. <laughs> well, no, like you, 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 you know, definitely bring a wild card. <laughs> wild card. <laughs> wild card. Bitch. <laughs> but, you, oh, but you bring someone who you bring on who changes the game. Yeah, someone who's different. Can play. You bring like a little carbon copy of each other, and then someone different. But yeah, I like I agree. I I would have had Cipriani on the plane straight away. Like I think he's probably England's second best ten. Uh, but just from Eddie Jones' point of view, or from Josh Smith's point of view, those sort of players are risky, and it's such a cutthroat sort of area. You know, 
how many good international uh, coaches have gone a year too far and actually almost ruined their reputation. Yeah. You know, you yeah. like you don't want to be the guy that goes say Lancaster who took you went to England, took them to the World Cup, and then was embarrassed and it took him a good while to like build that up. No, like he's Leinster back with yeah. He's back with Leinster now, but he's back coaching and it's taken so long for him to get Does that. Is that a more affection than just people's like especially the media as well? Like he what one bad tournament. Oh yeah, but that's the problem. That's and why, like, and there was decisions forced upon him in that tournament as well. The whole, oh yeah, who was the? It was the rugby league player, Sam Burgess. Sam, yeah. yeah, but yeah, but that Burgess, 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 Burgess. Georgie Burgess, Georgie Burgess. But, uh, no, it's it's but that's that high risk, high reward. That I think it's like what I'm saying is you you got the likes of Lancaster. It's just proof that one bad tournament yeah. can ruin your reputation and Eddie Jones Joe Smith, Schmidt these, at the moment. yeah Schmidt's Schmidt's reputation isn't I'm going to say in tatters because it's not no, I Schmidt's reputation think, yeah. people are finally starting to come on to my side of the thinking and <laughs> realising that actually that overly analytical boring game of rugby isn't the best thing like I'd much prefer to watch an exciting team that tries yeah. things uh, it's yeah. like I've always said I'd prefer 20 visits to the opposition 22 that lasted a minute than one 20 minute visit to the opposition's 22. Yeah, and they're yeah, probably yeah. both going to end up with a try, all 20 or the one. Like Yeah, no, I agree. We're, uh, we're, getting we're so off topic. Second game. The second game. The weekend yeah. in yeah. sports ground. The second game. You we'll set the scene. The game. We'll set the scene. Huddle together for warmth. Huddle together for no warmth. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't text my dad back, it was so cold. Uh, yeah. We're watching a game fall apart in front of our eyes because of another big intercept silly sort of play but yeah so it was almost like it was almost right off the playbook from the week before yeah. when Conquer started so strong and we even said it after the first try because I think what did we score the first try after 10 minutes or so 12 minutes yeah. we're like Jesus we spent a lot of time in there I think we scored actually we had two possessions and we scored off both of them or sorry one of them yeah. and we're saying we spent too much time in there 22 and not come away with enough points so it was a lack of clinicality from Cairns, which yeah, but we were kind of we were playing really well. It's what was kind of it was kind of annoying me because it wasn't the kind of way. It was we were getting up into the twenty two and then lo- like losing our ideas, losing our kind of exciting sort of try something. We were going back to that route one rugby through the middle up the gut sort of stuff, which is not the way we've done it in the past. And where do you think that's coming from? Is that friend or is I don't know. I don't know what had happened. Past? I I think some of it might have been. Uh, Finger not being involved uh, and Quinroo not being involved maybe just playing a more and then Bielham I think is more of a ball playing prop than the likes of Robson McCoy Buckley wasn't on the pitch at the time so you've got lads that they're reverting back to a safer thing because they're kind of they're, they're not as experienced or they don't have it and then Owen Keown's only just back I think maybe that might have been what got in the way of it but we were playing really nice rugby until we got into 22 and then we were shutting down and going for it, and we didn't take enough away from our business. Yeah. Now we did well to defend during, so we had, um, was it only Cohen sent off, or Simbin, sorry, in the Very first silly, really, really uh, silly. They, they were trying to take a quick penalty, and he wasn't back to 10, and he tried to flick oh, the yeah, ball yeah, down. Yeah, it was, yeah. that it was instinct, though? It was just, it was, Simbin, a, it was yeah. a half instinct, half sort of stupidity sort of yeah, thing. Like, yeah. you can let him away with it, but you also... The other ones that when you do it, you're like... Oh. So but you have to think about, like over those, the course of those two games there's five yellow cards so you, yeah. you can't knock the ref for being like I'm cutting that shit out right now yeah. but you know yeah. um, you can't knock the ref for a lot of other things but <laughs> I think, I think that's yeah. so my husband was at the game uh, and he came back and he said that yeah so he's been virtuous but he's saying that Gloucester were definitely lying on the ball a lot and pretty 
evident. But they had been the week before, and that's what I was saying. We're getting up into the 22 really well with really quick recycled offloading ball, the way the friend likes to play and the way that we played successfully for well over a year now. It's it's come together in the last couple of months, but friend has been playing this since day one. Yeah. Just fast recycled ball, athletic back rows. There's a reason that we have like Jared Butler and Kobe Fenga, those style of players. They're speedy, they're good ball playing back rows. Paul Boyle is another one. Yeah. Uh, Undalan is a bit of a battering ram, but he also has a lot more. Yeah, to but his you game need that, that. battering ram as well because that, that attacking shape, like can't do so well, and like you see it in the especially the last try. Once we get quick ball off a couple of phases, like we blow teams wide open. Yeah. But you need, I think Undalan is getting so much better at it now. You need one or two big bruisers who are going to yeah. hit, yeah. and then the key for counts, which we arguably weren't great at in the first half of the game is getting that ball out quicker now, whether that's because they're lying on the ball or but whatever. This is, this is where the problem arose. I think that they were lying on the ball to stop us doing that. Yeah. Because oh, we, yeah. were, we were successful when we were doing it. We'd get up as far as the 22, driving on, driving on, driving on really quickly, and then the ball would just go so slow in the 22. Yeah, you're quite that you have a big backhand ram. Yeah. Like, lying on the ball tends to come from like big, slow, soft, slow tackles, yeah. whereas if yeah. someone's punching through... The balls are quicker. Well, I think I think at the moment we're lacking that battering round because Paddy McAllister unfortunately got injured. Because if you look at all of our front rows, even like McCartney who and Heffernan who are strong, but they're all smaller back row front rows. Yeah, um, Heffernan was a convert. Yeah, back Paddy McAllister was brought in to be that, and he's long term injury unfortunately, but he's so different to the rest of our front rows. Buckley's unbelievable on the ground, a lot quicker than you think. Beelum is so Beelum's trim so now. Much Beelum better. is yeah. like he's almost looking quite like a kind of a. 12 like he's going to trim tight tight or loose I'm not a front row I don't know <laughs> <laughs> I play on the C1 or 3 I play on the wing man yeah Buckley's are tight end so, uh, but Buckley's tight end so he's loose one is loose uh, you're the prop yeah <laughs> I was one I was loose okay. so I was going to say I beat him though but Buckley, no Buckley's one sorry yeah Spoon's yeah. kind of the new generation of that's kind of like what Ty Furlong is really good at you got your prop, but he's also really skilled. Yeah, but but like Beelum, I said to you, Wes, you two years ago, he made a conscious effort to lose weight and to get trimmer and get fitter because yeah, he is looking. Props are going that way. Because the mindset changed. Like yeah. I feel like when Beelum arrived, the mindset was get as big as you can. Yeah. yeah. And then it, it, quite quickly in the space of eighteen months, it changed to no trim and <laughs> trim and broad. If that makes any yeah, sense. Yeah. Well, you look at the New Zealand like their props. They're never like yeah, but like, see, that big. But what we're talking about is having a bruiser and. You have to have, I think, two bruisers in your pack, at least. But they don't we, necessarily have to be the front row. They don't necessarily have to be the front row, but I think what had happened was we had brought in McAllister to be one of our bruisers, and then Quinroo and Alton, between one of them, would be the other bruiser on the day, uh, or if you get the two of them on the pitch, happy days. Yeah. McAllister's been injured, and Quinroo played every minute of the game See, before, so he had to be left out. So you're left then with Alton and Owen McKeown really picking up yeah. all of the bruising work, and Owen McKeown's back from a long-term injury, and... You know, big and all as he is, he's not quite the John will do and get the extra yard sort of player. Yeah. I think Robin Copeland is potentially someone who can do that as well. But like, and somebody told me this about Copeland a few years ago, like that. Um, it is very much of when he wants to be. You know, he really has the potential to push on and do these great things. But um, it's just maybe it's whether or not it's like what he wants or I don't know. But like, it's just not consistent with him. Yeah, because he's he's a big year. He's only twenty two. Like, yeah, definitely ten star. Oh, I'll just uh, highlight the the group now. Um, I was looking at the group today and I, I saw something that I thought was quite uh, alarming for Connacht. Gloucester only won one game. 
Connacht won two. Yeah, so they took two losing bonus points yeah. from the weekend. Yeah. Four tries and less zero time. bonus points. Yeah. Out of four games. That that really hurts. But that's, that's, also, that's the frustrating thing is like we're leaving them on the pitch. Two great tries at the end, and seeing how we played, like when we scored that first try, Gloucester knew we were scoring a second try. I don't know if we knew it yet, but yeah. Gloucester fucking knew. Yeah. Um, and you think about the way that we got those tries, like. What, like what, why did we why did why did we have an hour take, in the middle of the game where we didn't score yeah, a try? Yeah, it like, takes four minutes at the end to really turn it on, and that's been something that we've noticed. That was the for same years. in the first game as well because if we again we spent 10, 15 minutes camped on their line. We had one try that would I really feel like should have been given, and um, that was disallowed. Yeah, and then Quinru gets to try in the death, and it's too late to try it now. But this has been this has been a attribute of Connacht rugby for the five years, six years I've been going is we have times where we can turn it on and just play unbelievably and then you're screaming down the TV, you're screaming from the stands like, where is this consistency? Why are we not doing this week in, week out? And Andy Friend even said it last yeah, week, it's like the inter-pro games where yeah. you get up for them magically but you can't get up for Connor. Yeah, for Tim Arnold said as well, yeah, this is never there. But just, yeah, Toulouse had this group by nine points, they're not going to be caught. No, Toulouse, are the, they're going, they're, yeah. they're straight through. They're so start second with nine, Connor third with eight and then Montpellier down five but... Again, I've seen here, Connacht have conceded the most tries in the group. They conceded 14, whereas Toulouse have conceded 6. That's, wow. you know, an alarming stat at the same time. Yeah, and look, you like to think, and I really, you know, it is, it is, it's still possible, it's still there yeah. for Connacht. 10 yeah. points is, 18 points, two years ago got you out of a European pool. Yeah, I think... I don't know if it will this year. Us and Gloucester have really similar finishes to the group because of the fact there's... The, the yeah, inverse yeah. of two French teams. Yeah, yeah so we're playing the they're two French, French teams, but they're playing they're playing Montpellier at home, which you think they probably win that, but it'll be a very tough game. But then Toulouse away is not going to be easy. I'd much prefer Montpellier away than Toulouse away as your last game if there's something riding on it and you need the win. I Especially don't think the Montpellier game is the last game. So if Gloucester have beaten them in Gloucester, yeah, they're I mean, out. the way this combination has gone, when we've seen it with like a lot of the English teams and they're talking about it with some of the French teams now, like. They might pull up. They might yeah. not not play a second string team, but rest a few of their, yeah. their heavy hitters. Yeah, but then the, uh, the same could be said for Toulouse. Toulouse could pull out the tens, and they'd still be through. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. Like you've kind of get two five points games over the next two games. So but we're not guaranteed to even. We're not guaranteed to even get through come no. second. That's the thing. Yeah. So I think. What do you do? So your next game is Toulouse. Toulouse in Galway. If it goes bad and you get zero points out of that and. Gloucester go and beat Montpellier. Oh, you send me to Montpellier. Like That's you, you leave the boys at home. Ah, uh, well, Andy Friend won't do that. Though. Andy Friend won't do or that. Should he? I think he should. I said. It's all about, I know. I get that. Like we're going to try and win every game and all that. I've but said. Don't go and get someone injured. I've said it, we we have too much of an injury crisis yeah, this I year agree. already to be risking players. We're like for quali- nothing. Qualification for next year, getting through to the quarters in the league is. Has to be top priority. But it, it, it does depend where we sit at the time as well. I'm not saying you send everybody, but like. You, like a big part of this for Connacht is showing that we deserve to be here. We don't want to be Ospreys getting hockeyed and people like, why are they? You know, why are they? Like, well, yeah, but no one, no one, well, anyone that's followed will know that's not Connacht sure. They've been very competitive. <coughs> yeah, but no. I, I think I think the, the key thing for us has always been winning three home games. It's a balance, though. It yeah, is giving us giving a fair balance. Like, like <clears throat> you don't want to give up on any game. You do want to send people, uh, but I just think with if it's completely out of our chances if, yeah. if we know we're not going through if you lose to, if we've you had lose a respect to we've had a respectable group already like what, what we've shown is that we yeah. deserve to be here uh, we've too many injured players too many players coming back from injury that are picking up niggles again 
too many players that came to us because of their injury profile earlier in life, I just don't think it's worth the risk mm. if if the next game doesn't go like we want it. Well, if we go out and put five on Toulouse, we go to the top of the group and we send everyone. Like. I mean, I hate to be pessimistic, <laughs> but I just can't see it happening. No, but it's like, still there. But you two kind of fans, if I had to said four games in, you would have had two wins, you would have taken it. I would have taken it. Yeah. With the group that we had, like, at the start of the tournament, you're looking at the Leinster group going, oh, that's tough because how well uh, Northampton are doing in the league and Leon are doing in the, in the league. league and stuff. But actually, it's not. Actually, yeah. like, Northampton are top in the league where one team got minus 35 points. It's still realistically finished top five. Like, yeah, it's true. ridiculous. Uh, and then Leon are top in the league that's just recovering from some sort of World Cup hangover or something. There's something strange there yeah. this year. They were playing Bastro at eight for the first couple of games of the season. Like why not? Yeah, he now I <laughs> think he, play, he plays over. <laughs> he plays over in the states now. So. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, your man, um, the beast has gone as well. To um, I can't remember where it was announced today. New York. Is it New York? The beast, I think it is, isn't it? Oh, is it? Is that you saying about Bastro? Bastro. Is he gone to New York? He's, He's in New York. I don't. I can't remember the name. I don't know America yeah. well. Geography wise, it's pretty um, large. Is it? Yeah, I thought it was about the size of the court. No? <laughs> yeah, but uh, but yeah, no. What you were saying we'll at the start, we're at the start, five minutes in, and we're still on comics. I'd finish up there at the start of the uh, at the start of the tournament. If you had said that we'd beat a French team, we'd beat Gloucester at home. You take your two home wins, away wins are always going to be hard in yeah. Europe. I think yeah. that you would have taken that really for a first yeah. year back, you know. Especially like the performance against like, the, 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 the way we lost against Gloucester was disappointing, but the performance against Toulouse was was. Respectable by any. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And that's that. There's a lot to be said for that. Sorry, it's a shame that we didn't get a point to, to yeah. reinforce that. But anyway, look, we we'll move on. Yeah, we're going to move on to Munster. So Munster playing oh, Saracens God. home and away. So obviously the Saracens team that travelled at home and very different than the Saracens team that played. Yeah, but it's like people people saw the Saracens team and they were like, "Oh, Saracens are are, are sacking this one over," but. They still had like what eight players yeah. starting who won who played in the final last yeah, year. So yeah. you can't say the biggest oh, thing is the fact that the Venapolos and yeah, like you've got a lot of World Cup. Didn't go. I told you it did go. Oh, you've got, go. you got a lot of World Cup players that didn't go. Yes, but but so it's still a World Cup. So, look, they've got they've got injuries as well, right? They've got Alex Good is still out, Liam Williams yeah. is still out. Like so, they have to manage their squad as well. The this is the home. The first the game three was in Toman. They won ten three. Um, I think the conditions really led to the low score rather than the actual. Although both teams seemed to have figured each other out defensively. The one was three tries over the three games over over the two games. That was yeah. it. Um, I just have a few notes here, but um, last minute of Jack O'Donoghue, massive line out steal steal the game, uh, which is pretty impressive. He's turned into a quite an impressive player. Yeah, for monster. Um. Game four then away to Saracens they lost fifteen six really threw away a losing bonus point here again. Yeah, um, yeah there was that. What was it? The, was it five minutes left to go? They and they turned, yeah. for touch. So Manny was at, or no sorry, CJ Stander was interviewed afterwards as well, and he said that at the time they felt they had momentum uh, to go for it, but then Keith Wood, I heard Keith Wood saying that was stupid. Basically, yeah, I think it was a terrible decision. Uh, because but you need the penalty anyway, so why not take yeah. the penalty now, the get the ball it's back, score and seven, over. You're only in 13. Yeah. yeah, but uh, with it, like, you're talking about Saracens in home and Saracens at home. Saracens were always going to yeah. play a few players at home because you're not going to have people over, you're not going to get your fans who pay for season tickets, you're not going to disappoint them 
you're always going to play some of your bigger players at home. It's less travel, it's less yeah. effort in terms of the admin side of things. So they're always going to be good. Like they're always going to really put it to them. I said it in the last podcast, I think as well. Is like Munster are going to really ruin not beating Racing at home. Yeah. That's going to be huge for them, and I don't think they're going to. Make weird, it. Yeah, it's what we were talking as well. Like it was weird that they they did well to get the draw, but they also then were really they should have won. <laughs> yeah, weird. Yeah, but they, I mean, like, both. They, they they came back and won that draw. But yeah, you, you do feel like there was more in the tank, and especially because like Munster, as you say, are famous for we were talking about that like big powerful scrum and pushing yeah. over. And now they've got people like uh, like Larkham bringing in this like different style, much yeah. more like uh, back focused game, and it just didn't really come off against Harrison, did it? Yeah, well, it wasn't allowed to in game three. Yeah, yeah it just looked like a miserable day all around. Yes, yeah. well, that I think that weather everywhere was terrible. That's yeah, yeah. You can't, it's nobody has fun. That then. type of rugby in crap weather. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It is tough, and that's where the old style of monster really did well. Yeah, that's why they're so good in this competition. But, but that's yeah, but that's the same think that traditionally Munster and Connacht have had the advantage of being at home because they're like the wet weather but actually they're two teams now that have good like fundamentals good backs players that relish in going places and playing rugby yeah. and stepping up to them and players like Conway they want that open space like he oh, he's Munster I think primary threat really like I've been saying it for years I'm so glad he's finally getting recognition in terms of the Ireland squad like I think yeah. he's yeah, but his his game is just going to be stifled by a bad day like that you know yeah big time you really want him running at people especially a team like Saracens who it's like playing against Leinster it's like playing against a brick wall regardless of his you're basically playing on international testing yeah and yeah. even even when they're resting half their team you're still playing against players yeah. that are training against an international team. And trying to get the spots so they're hungry yeah, as hell. yeah. <laughs> uh, they're, they're standing imagine you're playing against a guy that trains scrumming down against McAvin Polo every yeah. every day like that guy's going to be good like, <laughs> they're not bringing in shags for a few fucking yeah. uh, scrap rounds like speaking of the the Vinopolo, so there was a third one knocking around there's yeah their cousin <laughs> their cousin who's also Manu Vinopolo playing 10 at some stage did you see Billy's offload for try oh, yeah to, uh, to Maitland wasn't it uh, yeah to oh, I don't so know what's more impressive the offload or the fact that at the back of the scrum he just picks it up with one hand Oh, I like he's like being pushed back he looks around just paws it with his left <laughs> just suction cups it right up and then bats two lads off little flick lovely little offload and then made it first try it was unbelievable they're such yeah. good carriers of the ball yeah and then it's had the two of them as well yeah unbelievable um, but well, I think it's where like obviously Munster in the second game um, I think maybe the scoreline gets away from them a bit but like you have to, like Peter Mahoney pulls out in the warm up and then Ty Byrne goes off with yeah. a knee that now needs surgery. Mm. Or, sorry, ankle that needs surgery. Yeah. Quite early on in the yeah. game. Conway fails HIA. We talked about that in the World Cup podcast. The way, like, having somebody go off that early, like, that, that shit, that rattles your game plan. Because, because such a leader like that. If, you know, I don't know exactly how much prepare for the games, but listening to Andy Friend and other <laughs> coaches talk about, like, you know, like, they, they, they let off to the players into the week do you know like yeah. they, they kind of have an idea at the start of the week who's, who's available who's been rested whose minutes have been managed and then on, on your on your Friday night team run or even your ter- from Thursday night on you know who's playing yeah. and you know who's going to be beside you and look yeah these players are solid enough but it's a psychological thing when so close to kickoff, someone goes off and yeah. then instantly again yeah. burn goes off yeah two, on two very and it's worth mentioning is, is, it, is, it, uh, is it Jack Ryan is that the prop who, who got uh, injured as well uh, in the game John Ryan, is it? John Ryan, might John, be it. John Ryan. Uh, yeah, again, of course. Mentioned the Jamie George incident. 
so there was a bit of a kerfuffle, as they say. So over the sideline, the doctor for Munster apparently calls him a fat prick, which, as a fellow fat prick, takes I take offence. This is offensive. Yeah, but you're on a rugby pitch. Yeah, like, I know, yeah. Exactly. People are calling you a lot worse than fat prick. I think the fact that it was not a player. Yeah, I mean, like everybody has said that, like, on all the media, that's four players involved. Like, if someone on the pitch says something to you, yeah. you, you hit them twice as hard in the next tackle. But a, a, a I don't know how, I, sur- hasn't I, don't know how I survive and leave the sports ground every week if he's getting a punch over that <laughs> that's sort what of thing. Like, like, for someone, especially the English team, I'm sure he's heard loads of Oh, I'm yeah. sure every time he goes away, he's hearing, like, the fans in the English place, like, going to the RDS or going to home is tame compared to going to some of the places in England. Like, they oh, have, sure. They have, yeah. like, quite boisterous crowds over there. It was a strange... Yeah, I think the fact... I don't know, maybe he was just in a bad mood, but it actually really, like, spurred Saracens off from that point. Ah, uh, but I think, again, like, people... And I, I agree with that to a certain degree, but, like, they were building as well. Yeah. Like, yeah. they were really starting to hit their stride. That, uh, from a month's perspective, you don't want to give them any extra... Yeah, any motivation to unleash the opponents. Yeah, so, I don't know what... I know the doctor apologised, but there were, people were saying that he might be in risk of losing he's his a, job. He's a doctor, though. Like, maybe he was just looking out for him. <laughs> <laughs> it was constructive criticism. It's like, I don't know what your BMI is, but it's probably hot. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's just... Like, okay, I think it's been blown out of proportion. But it's just... Massive. But why did he say it? Like, why get involved? Like, I think you... I think you do it to rile him up I think that, that but I don't see why you would want to do that in that game away from home if you're in Tolmond maybe riling them up can go one of either way though riling them up can it, someone could lose their head or someone could be motivated and maybe he took a risk or maybe he's just an idiot maybe, <laughs> maybe you're a doctor on the sidelines don't get involved but anyway I know you want you want a good payout now if he punches you you're getting a serious that's like, maybe doctor. that's he's trying to retire early maybe that was yeah. his goal the whole time he's a doctor he makes loads of money I don't think he's stuck for cash um, but this is def- I think this is definitely the hardest group to be in like oh absolutely stable. just a quick pull for a recap so Rassing ahead on 17 once our second a point ahead of Saracens but once they have to go to Rassing Whereas Saracens are going to... Yeah, so Rassing are top, but Rassing have, in theory, the two hardest teams left to play. So Saracens in London, Munster... Sorry, Munster in, in Rassing first. Yeah. They're probably not too worried about that. Munster need a big game. Munster are going to have... I think they'd be worried based entirely off the fact that Munster know they really need a big game. Munster need one of those famous European... Which I think is in them. Oh, it definitely is. But uh, they need... The, but they, they need your man is back. They absolutely... Back. They... Racing will be on edge about that because Munster have kind of not done so well. They're still in with the in the hunt, but I think they have to go to Racing now and really put something up to them. And you, need, you need a win, and you need you need Racing not to get a lose bonus point. Yeah, I think it's like, well I think uh, you're gonna have two teams come out of that pool anyway. from the game of the weekend well, as well. Uh, I think. Dev Toner needs to watch out now because Klein had a serious game. We're, we're going to get uh, we're going to get the Dev Toner. Right? I'm just going to start calling this podcast uh, the Dev Toner podcast. Uh, Dev Toner might have a problem with that. I just want to quiz you guys quickly. How many tries do you think he's looking at the pool? I'm looking at the pool. Yeah. How right. many tries do you think Osprey's have conceded in four games? Oh, I got to do my quick maths. Um, nine. No, twenty-two. They've only twenty-two. They scored nine. Oh, they scored nine. Sorry. They conceded twenty-two tries in four games. Jeez. 5.5 One point game. One point Quick maths Five One point Yeah one point, point. That, We got try bonus point What <laughs> What game was that That must have been Was it the first against Saris That first game It was like 34-20 something 
Wow. Uh, I think early on was they played Saracens. That's that's still impressive. Anyway, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Munster need a big a big finish to, to qualify. Oh, no, it wasn't. Sorry, they lost forty four three in that game. Was that must been against Racing? So. Forty nineteen against Racing. No, that's not four tries, is it? No, even four fives, twenty. This was Munster. Munster. Again, we're going off point here. We're going to move on to. Oh, away, forty twenty seven. Two in London or in Racing? In Racing. Okay. Good show. Good show. But on to your your two favorite province, Leinster. Leinster. Uh, do you know what Leinster are? Just a really poor team. Not, oh. not good at rugby. Uh, let's move on. No, I'm <laughs> like, can so they be stopped at this point? Like, playing North I'm surprised some of the 12 year olds playing for them are able to count to the score yeah. they're getting to at the moment. It's crazy. Game it's 3 away to Northampton. They put up 43 points on them. Uh, Larmer was, from the highest I've seen, really good in this game. I think Larmer and Ringrose are linking up really well. Yeah. Like, they're, they're, yeah. The really Larmer at fullback is he's probably not uh, naturally a fullback yeah so instead of playing fullback he's he is pushing the line a lot more yeah, he wants the ball he's yeah. running it like yeah. it's i mean he has the, he has the pace he has the step like he has does has he been has, te- i don't really think he's been tested with a high ball not yet no but properly, that's but, but he's, he's getting better so i i i it's going to come in the six games yeah well see i've said i've said this uh for well over a year now that I think when we look back at Larimer's career at the end of it he will have played a lot more on the wing than he will at full back okay. unless Ireland just don't have another full back coming through is what I'm saying so he's, yeah, a, he's in a position at the moment where he's, he's the talk because he's the only real full back kind of coming through Stockdale's played a little bit this week well, uh, which again, I think Stockdale's it's just really to give him confidence really uh, that's the problem though when I say you're like you're, there's no one coming through you're no, putting a wing but I think, back. I think Larimer's f- like an out now winger really but oh, that yes. works for Leinster because how much ball do Leinster have okay. he doesn't he's not getting tested under high balls because the other team doesn't have the ball <laughs> he's they're, they're they're dominating possession he's getting the ball in so much space because they're just hitting it and hitting it and hitting it and then flashing it out wide they're playing such good rugby they've got James Lowe who's so dangerous on the wing as well like it's just it's like for, that, for Larimer or the first try Larimer literally gets the ball on 22 and just burns a couple of players on the outside, oh, and sorry. then just pops it off the low. Right. Who's keeping up with him? And just, he, just about keeping up with him, but keeping up with him nonetheless. And it's just simple shot. Like Northampton are on Leinster's twenty-two, and then a minute later they continue to try. That's what Leinster do to you. Do you know what yeah. I mean? But but I, I from the highlights I've seen as well, Leinster forwards just impressive. Like, you've, got, you've got Caelan Doris. Yeah. Doing, uh, from Mayo, by the way, so I'm a big fan of Caelan Doris. Um, but <laughs> he could have seen the ball there. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, okay. He went to he went to Black Rock, so he's very much a, a product of the Leinster system. Right. Okay. Um, he's a genius, is what you're saying. Yeah, a player should be playing for Connacht. Yeah. Um, has two pick and goes off the back of rocks, almost identical. Yeah. About just outside the maybe just just inside the twenty-two, probably. First game he gets caught, but they get to try in the end. Second game he dances over the line. Yeah, like, they've got some really impressive players coming through. Like the machine doesn't look like it's coming to an end. Yeah, they've got like Max Deegan and Will Max Connors. Deegan, like, like, yeah. Yeah. I'm not surprised these guys are in the Andy, Andy Friend made, I know, yeah. Andy Friend made a really good point a couple of months ago listening to him on News Talk where he said like it's brilliant what Leinster are doing they're pumping these players through but there's a lot of lads there that are going to be wasted potential I think at the moment they're hitting the height of a peak but you're going to come down a couple of years down the line and a lot of them won't have played but they won't have left Leinster because Leinster are kind of pretending like they need 65 registered players 
Whereas he said in Australia they had the same thing. There was the rich were getting richer, the poor were getting poorer, yeah. and the they need to introduce some sort of draft system for players outside of say you've got your guaranteed forty spots and then ten extra that you can save for youth development or something. Then anyone else after that can get first come first serve for the other provinces in some yeah. sort of draft. And I think that that would be the only fair way to go about it in terms of the players developing for the benefit of Ireland, which is why we supposedly have the four provinces, the academy systems, yeah. we're supposed to benefit the entire nation. Yeah, you get into a stage now where, like, and I don't know how it is with the other teams as well, but like, not only Leinster have a really strong academy, like, they have a sub-academy that's better than anybody else's academy as well. Oh, like, yeah. Like, your, your Leinster teams, your Leinster academies are, they're not playing the same standard of rugby as the academies here. Like, there's, what, six, seven rugby schools? Like, rugby, rugby schools in Connacht. Yeah. Uh, you've got a good few teams now come through in development cups like Carrow and uh, Mount Bellew and stuff, which is brilliant and it's great. And then, you know, 20, 30 years' time, you might be talking about them as established rugby schools. Yeah, but yeah. But the schools game is definitely coming ten, on here, but it's but nothing. You've like, 10 yeah, rugby schools in South Dublin. Like, you, yeah. like that's the... Yeah. Oh, but, like, players should, be, uh, should make decisions themselves, like... There's a lot to be said. Like if you're on the fringes, like you can become like a hero in like Connacht and your Ulster. So you know, I don't think a lot of these players. I don't think a lot of Leinster, realistically or not. I don't. You're the top I don't think a lot of the players want that. I think there's two types of players. There's players that do want and go and find it. Uh, then there's players with chips in their shoulders that we get a good few of them. You know, like Tom Farrell is coming back to prove because yeah. they didn't get the opportunity yet to go to England and kind of cut his teeth there. Yeah. But then I think that there's players that are happy and there's an example and I'm not going to name them for fear of like slander or something but they're happy to go and hang around What's Leinster his <laughs> I'll just say his brother's a brilliant hooker uh, <laughs> but, uh, he's, uh, I, don't, I, I don't get it <laughs> he's, happy, he's happy to leave Connacht after a few years and go and sit on the Leinster bench and get two three opportunities this season and I'd love to be proven wrong but that's all he's going to get you know he was playing for Lansdowne the other day I would rather have him over Dave Carney then yeah, <laughs> I'm going to get the dip. Right? <laughs> no, I, I think. Look, I think. I want to touch this when we get on to the Ireland squad. I think the reaction from Devon Toner about not being picked for the Ireland squad has been great. Like he is actually playing quite good rugby at the minute. Yeah, you know he hasn't put it. He hasn't like, oh, my career's over. I'm just gonna, you know, bow out now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. A good break over the summer might have done him the world of good. Oh, man, like, <laughs> yeah. Consistent rugby for two years straight is not easy. Like, people are saying stuff like, uh, and I do, I feel that it was unfair for him to not be included in the squad. Like Jack Hardy's not playing well at the moment, but he was in the World Cup squad. I think anyone who went to the World Cup should have just been in the first squad. Like, because they're all going to come back at different standards, different lengths of time. But coming back, having played in the World Cup, trained right through the summer with only a small little break, He's in the middle of a preseason now. Like, yeah, he yeah. will have had to have started again. There's no yeah, way, and yeah. that's why. So, for Toner, who I don't rate personally, uh, I think that being six foot ten is not a skill. <laughs> it's just anyone can do it. Anyone, anyone can do it. Anyone can get to those heights. Just stretch but, yourself. But uh, no, I think I think he's playing well at the moment. Yeah. Uh, and but I again, it's maybe that maybe it's that's playing well or surrounded by amazing players. Yeah, I mean that, that's yeah. the kind of thing I think about like Dave Carney. People talk about how great Dave Carney's played the last two games, like. For one of Leinster's tries there last weekend, Dave Carney has the ball ripped out of him in a tackle. Terribly. Ringrose picks it up and goes over the line. Didn't he go like, for the arse splash? That just looks painful, the arse splash. <laughs> I did it once in schools, rugby, and regretted it. I imagine so. <laughs> but like, it, it is worth mentioning as well. Like, so Northampton haven't really gone with a full-strength team as well. Like, they yeah. haven't played quite in laws. They have two Francis's that haven't played. Frank's eyes. Frank's, 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 Frank's That haven't played. 
So, I, I don't know, I think... And again, in the first game, right? Like, what, the leads changed like six times in the first half? Yeah, it was, it was quite competitive in the first half. And then I think they came out and said like that they couldn't sustain it for the... Yeah, or Leinster just keep... I don't think... I, don't I think, have I've mentioned it, like, Leinster are just relentless. I don't think they want it. Like, we discussed this in the last show. I don't think any of these English teams particularly want it. I don't think... The French the teams are overly pushed. I think the, yeah. the league is there for the taking in England. For a team like, let's say, I know they're not in it, but for Bristol with the chance to win, or for you know Northampton with the chance to get into like a good position in the yeah. league, it's a chance to not just do it once while Saracens are down. It's a chance to do it once, get big pay money, be able to attract yeah. better players, and start a push to doing it consistently. And that's why this year is such a good opportunity. It's very rare that the champ gets taken down for a year and everyone else gets a chance to... Step up and sure, with the only time they win it in the next couple of years. Yeah, yeah. it might not. It might be the only time they win it, but it might be they win it, and that's the thing that spurs on getting three or four big players that could go Saracens, but see, oh, Northampton look all right, and they decide to go there after a year or two when the contracts are up. Yeah, well, like I think that it's a huge opportunity for English teams. I think that's why you're seeing the likes of Northampton uh, and Gloucester and. Extra, not so much, but just not. And Saracen's definitely not playing full teams. They're, yeah, they're balancing it. And then Leinster don't have to play a full team. They're no. just so stacked. It's crazy. They, they have two full teams, teams that are at the standard that yeah. can play this level. They do get enough coverage on the mainstream media. So uh, let's talk about Ulster. Well, we didn't even gossip about game four because we got the time track. Yeah, but, but it's the same game. Like, it's yeah. just they hockey Northampton. Let's go. Leinster score early in both games. And I think it just really puts like yeah, fire under them. Like, it's. Yeah. Well. They scored uh, 93 points over the two games, which is... Was it 14 tries? That's right. Uh, I did like to see them, you know, like after they got the third try and they were in the Aviva game. And again, the Aviva's a tough place to go for Northampton as well. Yeah, like, yeah. It does up the stakes. But after they got the third try, they have a penalty and they kick for goal. Like, that just shows you how relentless they are. They were, I don't know how many points up they were at the time. That's it, yeah. But they're just like, no, we're just going to pile on the weight here. Like, yeah, we'll get them their try at some point today. Well, they've scored 139 points over the first four games. 20 tries, 7 against. 3 try bonus points. Yeah, four yeah games. Like, not surprising they're already qualified. A points difference. They're the uh, first team ever to qualify with two games to spare. Yeah. Well, Norham's the only one that can catch them, and that's if Leinster don't score the next two games. Yeah, and they need 5 they, from both. Yeah, 5 from so. both. Leon can only get 17, and Benetton. Northampton and Benetton both have a difference of 42 points, which is quite amusing, but... Uh, yeah, they're gonna. We'll move on to Ulster. Leinster probably gonna win the whole thing, but yeah, I'm not mentioning extra. I think extra are going really strong. Extra are good. Uh, I'm also I'm I'm also on nineteen points. I'm back in Toulouse. Me and Wesley decided the weekend we were going to become honorary Toulouse fans. Yeah, uh, we're gonna go to the final. Well, we're, we're just gonna we're gonna start using the puns like it's theirs to lose. And, oh, uh, we're going good. with that. That's uh, We're gonna get some chance going. No one's ever said that before either. Alain <laughs> Toulouse. Hey. So we've had Ulster, Ulster flying at the moment. So first game at home, they win twenty five twenty four. My main man Cooney. These are you know I've steps actually steps up and slaps his balls on the table. I've watched every other game over the last two weeks. Well, sorry, with the length, the first Ulster game, I listened to it on the radio because I was on the bus at the time, and I missed the two Ulster games. Um, they're probably the two best games to have watched. Like, it was, yeah, so just a few notes. So the first try Ulster score was beautiful. Just a crossfield kick to Stockdale. Billy it. Burns. Yeah, Billy Burns cross the kick. Starts to catch it. Fends off two lads and pops it back inside. No, it was um, McCluskey, no? McCluskey scored, didn't he? Um, I could be wrong. 
No, McCluskey offloaded to Reedy. Oh, okay, sorry. I thought it was yeah. I think it's really underrated, but I mean, we just have a well to back row. He's not going to get in, yeah. unfortunately. Um, but then, yeah, really back and forth game. Quinn's actually really played really well uh, away from home. And yeah. also then, Ulster uh, got back to within a point. Massive maul off the line out to score. And then obviously Cooney at the end. Just Is he the most informed player in the world right now? He's, yeah. the most, he's definitely the most informed player in the competition and in the league. Well, I'm saying, uh, is there much, like, definitely in Europe, but like... Yeah, but Super Rugby hasn't started yet. So, I mean, yeah. so, yeah, that class, that class was the worst. Ah, there might be some J1C players ripping it up. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm having a great season. <laughs> <laughs> he did have a jackal at the weekend, so... Yeah. Oh, no, he's... No he, biggie. Cooney is playing out of his skin. Oh, like, it's, it's ridiculous. Even the game, like, next game, so next game, away to Quinns, they win comfortably 34-10, uh, and he does another, he scores another two tries, Little dink through again, picks it up. Like he's just, and it's nice to see them actually dominate a game because yeah. so many of their wins were one or two points, a kick from Cooney at the end, and we were saying, you know, it must be so nerve wracking to be an Ulster fan because not like in a similar vein to Connacht, like they are good enough. Like we can see them playing, like they're brilliant. Oh yeah, but it was so nice to actually see them have a good performance. Where I mean, like, again, I think I'd say Harlequins played so well in Raven Hill the week before. I think you come back to them again, Joe, Joe Morrow doesn't start. Yeah. Um, it is a different Harlequins setup that you're facing. Um, you know, have, ha- having dominated, in theory, Raven Hill for so long. You know, yeah. their prop scores two tries in two minutes. Yeah. Like, um, I just that think... That, I think I think Ulster broke their spirit in the first game. Yeah, I think so And too. then piled on the punishment when they because got Because the highest you've seen the, the second game, it was very, very comfortable. I, I like Stack to the fullback. I thought he was really good. I think I it's think, a nice option. Yeah. I think it's a nice option, but I think it's uh, the opposite to what Larmer's doing at fullback, where Larmer's doing it because he's a winger playing fullback and it's, he's get, getting him the chance to attack. I think Stockdale's been put at fullback to get him confident, to get him yeah. on the ball non stop because he's going to have a lot more space receiving at fullback and running well, into a, a bit of space. He's and a he's, big a big, he's a big unit, and yeah. I think, but I think it's being done really to get him more involved in the game as opposed to because they think it's the long-term goal. I, I think it would probably help him think about his positioning a bit better because no more that I was yes. talking about Larmer coming through. Like, yeah, when you when think about he's left to make the last-ditch tackles because his wingers missed a few ta- intercepts, maybe let's stop yeah, trying. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's what I mean. Like, like Stockton's breakout season for Ireland scores five intercept tries. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then the, the next, against the All Blacks uh, in the World Cup, Misses that intercept and they all back score five yeah. seconds later. Do you know? I think He's they're like, probably oh, trying to curtail him just a little bit. Out of <laughs> just think about where you, no, don't jump out of your skin for the offload. Like the, the key is knowing when it's on. Yeah, yeah, but I do the think problem they, is because if, if you get the first few, yeah, you're always. Right. I think no, but I think the intercept, the, the thing that Stockdale was doing, is, that was a coaching decision because he wasn't the only winger for Ireland doing that either. The wingers up, yeah. flying in from thing and putting pressure on and trying to force. Uh, Miss pass from the outside centre is something that's just been regularly part of the Joe Schmidt tactic for the last two years. And I think it's unfair on Stockdale that, well, I think it's hilarious to say he's terrible at defending. But <laughs> I also think it's unfair on him to judge his defending on that. I think what I can judge his defending it's, on... It's his positioning, as you said. His positioning is not great. Uh, I think his tackling still, is weak yeah. but this, this, sometimes. This but is the thing is that we were, you know, I think did we talk about it in the World Cup podcast or we talked about it last week. You know, we have been a bit like... Here are starting players. Here's where they start. Now everybody else, you can fill in wing or, or center or wherever. Do you know, like Keith Earls was playing across the back row for Ireland. Whereas now it's like, oh, like Stockdale, you are starting our international. But let's just see if playing works. here for a few games can improve the way you think. Do you know, yeah. like we got on stick for the Henshaw thing against England. 
in the in the Six Nations. And yeah, probably the wrong time to do it. But yeah. we shouldn't be adverse to yeah, trying out. Four years too late is when it was. Yeah. Yeah. You don't Pinto do it in the world is no Cup. longer built like a fullback. It's but also, if it doesn't work for one game, you don't pull it completely and never do it again. Yeah, yeah. It was like, I, you accept the risk that it's probably yeah, will be exactly. punished. Like. Then again, that's uh, again down to a lot of like fan reactions and media reactions. We also just talk about how good uh, Marcel Coetzee is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's ridiculous. Like yeah, he's, he's just he's. I know Cooney is obviously everything that's going well for Oxford Bowman, yeah. but he is got such a platform in front of him to yes. just give him time to play the game he wants to play well, it's that, like, unbelievable like your fly half and your scrum half they only can play as well as your packs play oh absolutely so yeah. like Ulster but like Ulster are a really good team to all. Like, yeah, I think Billy Burns is doing well as well I am surprised at the Ireland inclusion I'm not pleasantly surprised with I'm it. not surprised at all I was actually surprised that he wasn't included earlier with the World Cup call because I think the move to Ulster was based on the fact that he was Irish qualified I remember yeah, hearing he's at the exile, time. Isn't he his dad? I think. I yeah. remember hearing at the time that it was like he was called up. He was the move to Ulster came through Schmidt essentially being like get him involved. Oh, okay. So I thought he might Possibly, be. But at the same time, he wasn't at that level. Though. No, he wasn't. But and look, he's probably know, not at that level yet either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think he it's is so hard him in. having such a dominant. You know, like Cooney does whatever he wants. Yes. Like that's that's just the way it is. And that they were talking all week about how Cooney and Sexton might mesh together. But I think I think Billy Burns is kind of benefiting a lot now off that kind of the pressure relieved off him because Cooney is kind of making that call. But then that lovely cross field kick for that try, like I mean, that's beautiful, yeah. yeah but then you've, you've, you've two playmakers there. Yeah. But they like they're they're stacked across the board with young talent as well. Like you, Louis Ludic, they're a really good team, brilliant, like, solid team. Uh, they're a very solid team, and I think that they're in yeah, a position. Playing well, I think really, yeah. I think they're in a position really now working. where if they keep the squad they have and add to it they could start to become not as dominant as Leinster but start to be more competitive with Leinster yeah. and um, when you have that like that one star there it becomes more attractive to other players yeah. than just like a solid team with no stars you have Cooney now that like people might be like oh I'd love to play with him yeah. like, who wouldn't want to play with him right it's now? funny because uh, was, Cooney was on the rugby pod during the week with yeah. Jim Hamilton and they were talking a bit about how he like he sees himself he's more of a of a soccer player soccer, than a rugby yeah. player. And it's funny he didn't mention Sam at all. Oh no, no <laughs> way! He didn't but mention Sam, that. Sam told Sam told everything he knew apparently. Everything, yeah. everything he knew. Go well, back and listen to the last one. That's podcasts. why I was always on the bench. You see, I was giving him tactical advice on the sideline. He couldn't hear you. For that <laughs> so just a quick uh, recap on the pool. The ultras in their top by a point out of Claremont and they will. I will say, like they're they've been going very well, and they're they're running the pool as they go. But they've also a few tight games. Like they, they some of their score lines. The the last game was a great win away to Ireland. The one before was a point. You know, then the one before that, where are we here? They're five points in against Claremont. So you've some tight games. You want to see them, and then a point against Bath. Like you want to see them dominate and just absolutely go for so That was their first domination that game. But what? What they have now at the moment is they are expecting to win, like and they've got yeah. they've, they've yeah. had it a habit. They're still losing. They've, they've made yeah, it a habit. They're winning it like they, uh, that done. comes into when they were down in the first game. They always believed they could come back. Do you know what I mean? Because because they've won the last couple of games and the momentum's there. Yeah. If you're in a bad run of form, that's not there. And they're home as well. Yeah, but they have that momentum now. They're going out. They're thinking we we're going to win this game. They've done what Liverpool are doing in football at the moment. Yeah, which is whereby like Liverpool again today for about the tenth time this season scored after in, the injury time started to win the game. Yeah, they don't lose. Cooney kicks everything. Yeah. 
inside I think their big half. the big question right now is is their next game which is away to Claremont that's yeah that's a big game so I don't know how they go I, I think I think they're going to beat Bath at home or at, yes. like, at home with Ulster at home um, but away to Claremont even if they lose it they still go through I'd they say they still go through but still I, think, I think they'll want to do the perfect group though yeah. they'll have the chance well, to be nice. and, uh, and Claremont looked up to nothing when they went to Belfast like they yeah, they didn't, they didn't but care. they're going to be a different kettle of fish at home. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's still the pool stages as well. Like, I, I, I'd hesitate to say Ulster will compete for the title because it is the pool stages. Uh, yeah. You know, once we enter quarterfinal, uh, or sorry, it's a it, different game. It, it does, things do ch- get to kick up a gear, and I feel like Leinster um, haven't needed to go anywhere near that gear yet, but it's definitely there. Absolutely. Um, Ulster, I, I think. I think they can do it. I'd be interested to see if they do do we it. We said it last time and it's even more like cemented now. Nobody wants to see Ulster coming for yeah. a quarterfinal or a semi-final. No. You don't, like, you don't want a team that's won, I know the world depends what CMA games they've won in a row when it comes to the quarterfinal stage, but like... It's, it's another downside to rugby in general as a sport, but this competition is these one-off semi-finals and quarterfinals that have to be in non-neutral venues because you're you're got your home advantage it's so annoying in rugby like it's, yeah. in soccer you have the two-legged semi-finals two-legged quarter-finals which allows you to have the home advantage for half of the yeah. overall fixture but in rugby it's not a thing and that's it's going to well, be so the, hard the like if you first should have it. but the team but the team that goes to Ulster is going to find it really really difficult but if Ulster like say if Racing or Toulouse are going to Ulster they'll find it very difficult Ravenhill is really hard or yeah. Kingspan is really hard to go to but Ulster will struggle but massively going there. Deserve that. Like, oh you yeah, have to be rewarded for finishing at the pool. You know what I mean? If you, like like Leinster, they just totally take. I know it's not going to happen, but they totally take the foot off the gas and then and come up second. They deserve that. Then do you know what I mean? You need to be able to. Does there, there should be a, an incentive to top the pool? Oh, there should definitely be an incentive to top yeah. the pool. But it should be it should be maybe a seeded incentive. I think I think that the home yeah, advantage like the home advantage is much bigger than the seed. If you're first versus fourth, uh in a neutral venue instead of first versus second, third or fourth in your home venue. I think the advantage is way bigger just being at home. Regardless of who you're playing, there was that stat the year Connacht won the Pro 12 at the time where no team playing away in the semis had ever won the tournament. Yeah, like, that's, yeah that's true. But the, the problem lies in if, if, if a team that comes second in a pool has more points than the team who, I don't know if it's possible, it probably is, that one it out, yeah. So if there's a really tight, if there's a really tight pool yeah. and someone goes through on sixteen and like then you come second, qualify and they 18. have to go away to a crappy team because they just were in a really tough group. That's mm. where I can get unfair, but yeah. yeah, we're gonna just quickly gloss over a preview of the Interpros. So, this, the Interpros is kind of they don't feel the fullest teams, right? But see, there there's restrictions in place here on who can play over the Christmas. So I think Bundy yeah. and Jack. Are at least limited. It, they're definitely limited. It's, the restrictions are usually a bit laxer than they will be this year, considering the extent of rugby that we've had the since World the Cup, World Cup uh, and the extent of European rugby. I think the the World Cup lads were only back a week, and then it was the European rugby, and then there was one random week of Pro 12, 14, and then back to European again for two yeah. weeks. So I think with that, a lot of the stronger players will have to get rest at some point. But usually, what you see is players being rested for one of or part of one of the games and getting the other one this uh, is I just well obviously I get why it's necessary but it would have been really good to see a full-fledged Ulster go up against a full-fledged Leinster and just see where they're at yeah you'd love to see especially considering the end of last season yeah and Connor like because I think Connor could really would rattle Munster but if they go and beat Munster now there's always that little asterisk of well it wasn't full Munster yeah but yeah, see so this but that happens in 
this time of year in rugby anyway yeah. and I don't think that that actually I don't think it really stays too much like I don't think that people actually care I think a result against Munster is always going to be a result against Munster I don't oh, like, care yeah, which I, Munster no, team's out well, like, well, especially with the Lens also game I would have loved to see them go hammer and mm-hmm. and see but it depends see, how they do it because like, like, so it's it's a each player on the list is allowed to play one of the games so like can't we have, we've, we've two we've Bundy and Jack who are allowed to play yeah. one game over the Christmas universe but Munster have Scannell, Klein, Peter O'Mahony, CJ Sander, Conor Murray, Chris Farrell, Keith Earls, Andrew Conway. But Munster send most of them to Connacht this week because the conference, that's one of the things the conference yeah, has yeah. changed. It used to not matter which one. It's you'd pick the one that you thought was winnable or you'd pick the home one. But because it's an in-conference game, this is huge for Munster. Uh, especially how tight we the top of the conference there. Like there's 25, yeah. 24, 23. Even well, Scarlet's, on, Scarlet's on 21. If Connacht win, we go top. But Edinburgh and Scarlet's are right in the mix there as well. Uh, and it's three teams, so you're talking... Leinster also doesn't matter as much, because even if Ulster won, they're still going to be behind Leinster. Leinster probably lose all the games between now and March and still be top yeah. of that. <laughs> they're ahead by, I think, eight. <coughs> I wonder, I'd love to do a table of Leinster only getting losing bonus points from now until the end of the season. And see, see where, where they're they yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, have to like, intentionally take their foot on, yeah. like, oh, we're winning, we have to concede a draw. <laughs> like Dash and the Incredibles, like, come second! <laughs> yeah, come <laughs> second, yeah. Okay, yeah, so I think, well... Any predictions? I think Lance is going to be Ulster. I think Lance will be Ulster. I think Carl will be Munster. I think. I yeah, think the home advantage will probably yeah, do it for us. I think I depending think on the conditions, if it's a if it's a dry game, it'll, if it's a dry day, it'll be a brilliant game. Well, yeah. The Christmas interpros are always huge as well. Like usually, usually we'd have eight thousand plus at That'd a Christmas interpros game. The interpros fall weirdly this year. I'm not happy with the scheduling. There's no usually there's a New Year's Eve or a New Year's Day game, but we're not playing Ulster till like the. Fourth, I think, which is really frustrating. It's like a Saturday, no? Sun Saturday, yeah. Yeah, Ulster, I know, it's a Friday. It's the 27th we play Ulster. Oh, sorry. Uh, then there's another game, then it's like the yeah, fourth. Leinster on the fourth. Saturday. Yeah, yes, that's kind of So yeah, there's, no, there's, no, there's, no New Year's Eve, there's no New Year's Eve or New Year's Day game, which are they're my favourite games of the year. Like, we've been to all of them for the last few years. We usually get to New Year's Eve, yeah, Thursday game. We do like New Year's Eve in the sports ground a couple of years ago and they go out and then or if they were New Year's Day you'd go to Dublin for New Year's and go to the game in Dublin yeah. like, but they're not doing that this year which is frustrating but I think the way they both fall in the middle of the week and they probably want to give the players Christmas off a day yeah, off I think so too, yeah. players can get Christmas when they retire yeah. <laughs> players are there for my enjoyment we paid for <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but no I think uh, I think this Saturday against Munster Connacht have such a good chance because the home advantage it being in the sports ground on the Saturday before Christmas, it's the first pub in most people's twelve pubs. Like the, the crowd is going to be wild. Like, how do the players know this? I'd say the Monster lads are there. Th- they're on pub three already. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. they'll be going into Pukan afterwards. So we're predicting uh, Connacht and Leinster wins. So I think, uh, I think, I think, home watch wins. Ulster and Monster ramp up. <laughs> home wins. Let's uh, just say. Let's just say home wins for the entire Interpro series. That's yeah, what I'm saying. we'll not be that far off. Let's get now to the meat and potato of this podcast. Although we have been an hour already. Uh, so this is our special strap tight. This, <laughs> this is our uh, Andy Farrell special. Yes. Yeah, so this is the Iron Coaching Group. We should almost pause it now and break it off, and then we don't have to record. We can have an ad break. Yeah, true. Yeah. Can I get some ad break tunes. No, <laughs> no, okay. no tunes. It's already long enough. Let's just get through it. Yeah, we're already long enough. Again. <laughs> okay. I worked for our sponsors, Meek Mill. Um, <laughs> Hashtag free meat. So on the 22nd, 23rd of this month, which is uh, next week, uh, IRFU are holding uh, what they're basically calling a stock take. 
Which yeah, is which a great is name for it. Who came stock up with this? Stock tech. Stock tech. Yeah, twenty-four hour mid-season stock tech. So it's interesting because they don't. It's the first year, and I think it's probably. I think any far kind of had to do. It's the first year they've ever announced. Yeah, I heard that. This yes. trade. There's always been a camp around Christmas. Yeah. But they've never given you the the players. Yeah, but I, was, I think there was, the there was just like, so much on it. Uh, I think this year there was so much hype about it because of how long Schmidt's been in the job. The people were just so interested to see what happened that. Uh, they had to do something official like they just had to because it was going to get out regardless and it was just going to be even worse if it got out and people started humming and hawing about why they release it now which means that they're bracing themselves for every question available they're bracing yeah. themselves for why isn't Carney there or why isn't Carney yeah, there yeah. or whatever's going to happen so yeah so the five players from Connacht are Bundy uh, Keelan Blade Alton Delan Dave Heffernan and Quinn Roof so yeah the main kind of for Connacht is Carty not being there Carty not being there and is Marmion which Marmion is obviously Marmion injured but I was saying this to you in, in the car on the way here there's an inconsistency on this team in terms of injured players not being involved and injured players being involved yeah. now look the high profile ones there are, Lent, are uh, Sexton and Carberry who were both injured and who were included but at the same time you know you either go with it or you don't like you've got Marmion who's injured but will be back soon but then you've got Ty Byrne okay his injury turned out to be a lot worse than I yeah. thought it was but I don't know I, I think it's going to be like should you have brought the likes of Marmion along anyway he could yeah, be this is, this is what I think uh, I think that the this stock take I, don't, I think it's weirdly limited to 45 it should have been all be available limits. players yeah. like Andy Farrell should be sitting down at breakfast in Carlton House getting to know like Dennis Buckley and being like oh my god this lad that I don't know like I have not actually spoken to you know has an idea that's interesting like that's that's what I personally think I'm not an international rugby coach so I don't know what I'm talking about but I think that why isn't this open allegedly. absolutely <laughs> allegedly not an international yeah. rugby coach uh, Papua think, New Guinea hit me up <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's interesting to note so there was what was the World Cup squad 33 players in the World Cup squad yeah so eight players from that squad haven't been included in this 45 yeah. which is great because that that's that means the twenty players backwards, here yeah. are relatively let, let's say yeah. in brackets new yeah, players yeah, into yeah. the squad. You well, know, Cooney's capped obviously, but wasn't in the World Cup squad. But yeah, he's a different prospect than he was before. Like, even Dave Heffern has two caps. Yeah, Dave Heffern has caps. <laughs> it's like everyone else was on Lions tours, and Dave Heffern was over like Japan. <laughs> and that's where that's where Larmer got his start. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I'm really happy for Dave Heffern. Well, no, we have to find out about. What, I think it's a chance for him to step up. What we don't know is is how Andy Farrell is viewing this. Yeah. As in, like, is this, is this what he's viewing as his potential Six Nations team? As in, like, so if, I, you're, if you're not on this, I you're don't in trouble? think so. I think if he's any sort of cap on, he knows the players from working with them already. Yeah. And there's a lot of season before the Six Nations. I it's think he gives really everyone bad. a chance. I think this particular one. But then why limit it to 40? Five or whatever. Well, how many rooms are in Carton House? Like that. It's that not Carton House though. It's, it's, it's actually uh, not Carton House. Abbey something. It's in um, Abbey's town, isn't it? Abbey's yeah, town in the sports campus. Town, yeah. yeah, that's the sports campus out there. That's where his first press center. conference is going to be held. As well. Okay, well yes, that's there is. that. It the forty five. Like why limited to forty five? Maybe it's just a manageable number. Uh, I brought up the point of the forty five. I think it's kind of a weirdly just arbitrary number that means nothing. Yeah. But it's just the ones he decided to pick. He gave himself a. But that's so that's what I'm saying. is he picking these? Is in like oh this is what I'm looking at going for? As in like so like Rob Carrier is that. No, I think Rob Carney can still get back in. I think Carney can still get in. I think there's still time to drop Dev. Like it's fine. (laughs) So yeah, Yeah. let's let's just name it now. So Dev Toner (coughs) is back in this squad. Dev Toner has had what someone saying had a bad seven weeks. Joe Schmidt actually had a great seven weeks because 
he's now so overrated <laughs> because people are saying like oh well he's back now well, we should have had him here the whole time yeah, well I think Joe Schmidt hid his biscuits on the top shelf before he left and Andy Farrell yeah. really wants him get Dave in yeah. for a day get the biscuits <laughs> see you so later. he's back so we're we'll going so we'll go with Province so Conor Fousley yeah the main one it's good to see Keenan Blade in there Dave Heffernan I mean, it's disappointing about Carthy I know his form hasn't been great since the World Cup but as, as, as you were saying earlier like he's had no rest and he him as a player is definitely not used to that yeah you know, that's his first that's his first year involved in the Ireland squad yeah, and he's yeah, got yeah. Had a, had a good, a good Six Nations training all summer like it's just bad timing for him now yeah it is uh, and I don't think he should be upset because I do think that he gets back in the mix he's too talented a player not to be back but in this, the mix. This so we don't know, we don't know any any farm might have actually called him and said, "Look, at, you've done a lot lately. Take take your time." Yeah. The same with with Marmion. He, he might be saying to Marmion, "Look, at, I know you've played a lot. Don't worry about it. I know all about you. We don't need you here." We you tried to ring him, but uh, Carney was probably going. My mobile phone is ringing. How do I answer it? <laughs> um, the, the other side of that coin is that if he, if he's not picking, like say, like Marmion because he's injured and uh, Carthy because he's not playing well. And a lot of players here do suggest like this is a form group. These are, with the exception of Sexton, who's injured, and yeah, Carberry who I hasn't think, played I much. Think Sexton, I think Carberry's not played much, but you know he's in. And I think Sexton's there, even if he was in a wheelchair with two broken legs, yeah. because he's in the running for potential captain. Yeah. He's probably so, some sort of leadership group that yeah. Farrell has already amassed and chatted to way prior to this, going through kind of bridging the gap between the two distinct eras in the rugby. The finishing up with Schmidt and yeah, going yeah, into this yeah, yeah. so I think like Johnny Sexton could he could even be there in an almost coaching capacity well the fact that he has apparently refused quite a lucrative offer from Leon which had which was a two year contract with the option for a third as a 34 year old that's pretty lucrative that's huge yeah so obviously Andy Farrell told him we're still you know you're still very much in our plans or else well like the, the opposite if you had said Johnny we're done here he's going to go Leon yeah Jimmy. Yeah, but I think obviously, I mean, and everyone talks about Johnny as a leader and that position. Like he himself, I can see him moving into coaching and say he wants to move into coaching. And um, at this I think Leinster, no, not not this stage, yeah. but over the next three or four years, I think Leinster is probably his best platform to do that. Yeah, do you know, I, I don't know, yeah. I don't know. Coaching the best young players in the world. Is but you have plenty of time to become a coach. Yeah, I'm saying if you're 34 and you have the option to go to France. Play for Leon with apparently was a lucrative offer, but he's been to France and he's not on pennies in Leinster either. Like, no, he's not on pennies in Leinster, but I'm saying if Andy Farrell had said to him, Look, we're gonna look elsewhere, I think he takes that option. Whereas he's obviously, I think he, I think he considers it a lot more at least. Yeah, yeah. oh no, he's definitely, he's definitely in the mix, and I think he's probably in the mix for captain for a year or two anyway. But that's uh, well, like, I don't, I don't agree with it, but I think yeah. that's probably why he's there over the likes of Carty, who, like you said, we don't know what's happened. He might not have been dropped. He might have been called. This and is the thing, yeah. Marmion, we know, even with the injury, his head hasn't been there. Andy Friend has spoken about it. He's spoken about it. Lo- drop, being left out of the World Cup squad can go any one of them yeah, a million yeah. different ways. Cooney has bounced and pushed on. Marmion took it a bit to heart because, in fairness to Marmion, he lost a lot more than Cooney did. Cooney yeah, was in form for a year. Marmion yeah. was the go-to guy for a couple yeah. of years. He was uh, been put on the wing. He was playing against the All Blacks and... That's going to be very hard to take. But Farrell might have rang him and said, I know you're injured. You're definitely not out of my plans. That's yeah. why he signed a new deal with Connacht yeah. uh, very recently, well, I'd say. Also, the Saracens going tits up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that might not have helped. But I think that he's signed the contract with the yeah, idea that so he's still in the mix. That's the problem. It. We can speculate over this all, all day and 
we, we can give out about it to you all day as well. But, it is, but I think I think the main thing I think everything when the, everybody was thinking about obviously is Cooney is in the squad, which is yes. thank God because well, he has to be. And, uh, so I sorry, I obviously was mistaken. When's James Lowe available? James Lowe is available Next in November. Day. This November. November. November international, so he won't be oh, available. Okay, I thought it was for, this okay. No, no, he won't be available for. I think he would be available just before the November international, so he'll be able to train. Like you know, the way yeah, Bundy yeah, was spotted in an Ireland training top months before he actually qualified, and right, everyone went, "Well, yeah. there goes any of the is he going to play for Smoor? Is he going to play yeah. for Ireland stuff?" Well, uh, so we don't even know James though, because he's he's been the most evident person of this rule where he's like I don't really know if I want to play <laughs> yeah he, he said himself at, I'm paraphrasing now but he yeah. said it, he would feel strange yeah. lining out in Ireland 100% going to wear an Ireland jersey there's no, oh, yeah. way, there's no way he gets the contract he does there's no way he comes here there's no way he stays for as long as he has or he gets as invested in without it like you see the likes of Gibson Park being put into this yeah. squad yeah. Uh, I like him I like him I, think, I like him he's better than Luke McGrath he's better than Luke yeah. McGrath but Gibson Park being Irish now allows him to play both Gibson Park and Lowe in European games. Yeah. So, like, it's just, it's 100% geared toward Lowe isn't going to be there for long term if he doesn't play Brown. Like, yeah, no way. So, uh, Leinster, a few of the new guys been brought up Will Connors, Max Deegan, Keelan. Ron Kelleher, huge. Oh, great. Sir. I mean, that, that again is a form reward. Like, there's a young mm. lad who's really, and like, but again, yeah. injured. So, it's, it's a funny one. Yeah. No, he's definitely gone for, he's brought some new guys in, which is great. Um, he hasn't just gone with the, the same old. The Leinster lads are, lads are handier as well because they can just drive over like the afternoon. 19 Leinster players. But they can just, the you know, yeah, it's, it's only no, down the road. It's like, five from it's like the likes of Max Teague and Larmer and stuff that said when they were academy players in Leinster, they used to get brought into the Ireland training camps to hold bags and stuff. Yeah. Because you know, they were just there. It's handy. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's like bodies. But I think, I think huge for Ulster not just Cooney is you've got Billy, uh, Burns. Billy Burns Will Addison mm-hmm. Marty Moore like these are it's good to see players. a strong it's contingent from it's Ulster it's good to see yeah. lads getting their way back in as well like Addison was a bit up and down yeah, last yeah. year we're in and out and Marty, Marty Moore great to see him get back in the squad yeah. Yeah. And he, went, cause he went over to Wasps and you know not did his time but didn't give up on it yeah. and now it's come back Munster really no surprises Oh, can we just pack in Keith Earls? No, <laughs> no I think he is still brilliant. No, I'm sick of him. I've been sick of him since he started. He hasn't played bad for in the last two years. I think. I think. I think since, since they stopped moving him around, like I think. Yeah. The last World Cup, not the one just gone. Like when they were playing him in centre and fullback, like he's neither of those. No, he's neither of those. Yeah, but that's all not he is. All he is is a finisher, in my opinion. But uh, he's really good at it, though. Yeah, and he's. Good tackler. He doesn't make any His mistakes. His defensive play has gotten a lot better. Yeah, he doesn't make mistakes. I don't know. I think that you see... The Who would you have than your two wingers? Hmm? Who would you have as your two wingers? As my two wingers for right now or when James Lowe qualifies for <laughs> Right now. I think at the minute it's, for me it's Stockdale. Uh, Larmer. Stockdale, Larmer Conway. and Conway. Some combination of the three. Larmer is my fullback. Yeah. yeah, or Conway or Stockdale. Like the three of them playing no, winger and fullback. Larmer's going to be your starting fullback come... I think it's Larmer to leave. Well, he's, he's really... Claim over the last and the fact games. that Carney's been left out of the squad as well yeah. suggests that they are tough time to be Carney. <laughs> yeah, but it should have been years ago. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Look, I, I, I do, I do think he played still, really well. He still over starts the, last the next World Cup. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah, we're just resting him for that. <laughs> and look again, he's not gone. Like people, you know, he's what six caps away from hundred. But it would be nice to see him yeah. get it. People could talk about this this squad. Like people have been dropped, and the same way they're talking about like, oh, if you drop. Murray and start Cooney it's like no it's, it's not that it's not yeah. black and white like yeah. as you say someone's a player is dropped and has a resurgence yeah like if somebody's if somebody's ego is so fragile if Rob Carney's ego is so fragile they've been left out of this squad 
is the end of them. Then yeah. good, because that's exactly why we've done shit in the last two World Cups. Yeah, exactly. have to get a bit of or and or on a balcony in Italy, will you? <laughs> yeah, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Um, no, I think I think the the Lancer contingent, obviously, if you're going on form, they they're the best team. They're the best yeah. team yeah. there. Uh, good Munster contingent. Good even enough Munster Ulster contingent. Five lads for conduct is nothing to be scoffed at. Like, there's a few lads I think I feel personally, and you would probably feel Look, the same. We're biased. Though. Yeah, we're um, biased, but there's a few lads that have been overlooked constantly. Uh, I know they're probably out at the moment, injuries wise, but I do think, like, traditionally or historically, like, Healy, Adi Logan, and Tiernan Halloran have been criminally overlooked and are never getting near the Irish. Halloran's not going to get in, he hasn't played. So that's what I mean, but, like, in the past, weeks, we've had reason to be annoyed about having only two people in there, and now we're in a position where I'm annoyed about only five, five being yeah, there. I, that's that's yeah. good, really. Like you're talking Winru and Oldenland, two very good second rows, and I think Quinru plays like Quinru plays a lot more for Ireland than people actually realize, yeah. uh, and he plays a lot better for Ireland than people realize. We have uh, John Klein and Devin Toner in the same squad, so the world's gonna end. <laughs> they'll be tearing his heads off now Klein ironically is in like they're going to run into before. they're going to run into each other smack yeah. head first and Quinn Rune Old Delano started Klein's <laughs> playing really well for Munster and Toner's playing really well for Leinster so was it six or seven second rows involved like I mean it's it's, mm. it's good to have that well so and, know, back, this, and back this, rows as well like this could just be a chat it's, oh, yeah. like, it's like, a 24 yeah. hour it's one day of training yeah. and then a meeting probably the next morning I'd say it's just a chat basically kind of Seen where Farrell wants to buy I it. hope it's like bleep tests. I hope it's like <laughs> yeah. your old school. So they'll be fitness. fine. They'll be fine. They're all playing. They're okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, apart from the injured boys. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I want to just finally we'll finish up on this. So I don't know if he's listened to it off the ball, but they asked Ronan Agar who's Irish player of the decade was. Did you see this? Irish and he, said, he said Keen Healy. He said Keen Healy. I, I don't like Keen Healy, but he's probably not far no, off. He's it's, consistent. It's Johnny Sexton. It's clearly I think Johnny it's Sexton. Yeah, I, that's what, I think it's the Sexton. Oh, I think Rob Carney's second. I'd have Keely maybe top five. Maybe. Healy has been consistent. He's been really good. I like, don't like him that much. I, I think now that he's back not looking like a boulder, uh, he's probably he's playing better. Fucking boulder. But he's consistently like... I. But it's, like, it's a bit like American football. Your props are never going to impact your game like your fly half. It's just not possible. No, but I think that he's played brilliantly from prop. He brought a oh, whole, yeah. no, but he brought a whole different wave. style of propping to Ireland at the time. He was an athletic freak when he came oh, through. Yeah. Like he probably made his debut. Two thousand and nine. Two thousand nine. So exactly ten years ago, and he's other than that two years where he was just so injured. I think yeah. he was brilliant. I don't. I don't think he is, but I think that they. He, I'm not surprised that that was given because. But well, like, well, didn't good. even mention Sexton. Yeah, I think Sexton, yeah. Sexton is probably is your player, yeah. He player. was more player of the year. Well, I think the impressive thing about Keane Healy, and I think I think one of the lads said this on, on off the ball, was that he has been in the squad and injured and worked his way back and yeah. then been dropped and then worked his way yeah. back. Yeah, I mean that that signifies yeah, the attitude that we need. Yeah. Unjustified like, central contract though, that's helpful enough. Like he got a central <laughs> contract with like no gaps two years previous, like yeah. he was bare, barely fit. But they knew he was yeah, they had the potential for it. it has been sexing, thank you. From the way Ireland have been playing rugby for the last And he's been around for the years. decade. Okay, now big question. Your most underrated player of the decade. My underrated? Your most underappreciated Irish player of the decade. Someone that didn't get there. Someone that didn't <laughs> get the props they wanted. It's John Muldoon. Like, it's just John Muldoon. <laughs> I was going to say, it's definitely a Connacht player. Uh, it's uh, just the Connacht 15. Uh, yeah, Connacht 15. But they, they did a world one as well, and obviously went for uh, Bowden Bar. 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 But I couldn't believe how many caps he has. He's 84 caps. 
Yeah. Mm. He made his test debut in 2012. I feel like it's been like the last, well, he's understudied for Carr for so many years, but. Yeah, but in New Zealand, like how many former All Blacks signed for an English team with 25 caps or 30 caps? Yeah. Like, you don't yeah. get more than 50, 60 caps unless you're a special, special player yeah, in New Zealand. Is, like, I couldn't, I thought Bart, yeah. I think the New Zealand caps are crazy. Like, you see some of those huge name New Zealand players that we used to love growing up but only had 30, 40 caps. Like, yeah. It's, it's just you get to like 28 and then suddenly there's this freak of nature coming up underneath yeah. you. Like. But that's the great thing about New Zealand is they've always had that competition of players where if, if you wanted to go to, if you lost your cap, you were like, okay, well, competition's bigger, I'm going to go. Do you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I, I'm happy with what I've done. And, so and New Zealand are like, do you know what? We have enough players you want to go, go. Yeah. But it's becoming a problem for them now. They are yeah. trying to stem the phone. You can see. Yeah, but they need to start paying the players to play nationally. Like, that's the problem yeah, that's is it's been like, oh, you want to go? Well, you're not going to be an all black. And choose the money over being all black and you, your name was almost like tarnished Tarns, to leave yeah. but now people are going you know, like it's nice to have players that are going to make a living for themselves oh, so. yeah. do you, and you can see the, the union bending to that now because they're they're keeping guys on or I don't know what the exact agreement is but they've lads now who have agreed to play in Japan for a year and yeah. know they're playing yeah. with the team in New Zealand when they get back like I think is, is Bowden Barrett or someone no yeah, Bowden Barrett's no. got the Chiefs there's a few of them who moving done, anyway. there's, but, a, yeah. there's a few of them doing something similar to that yeah going over to Japan but there's a few uh European players have done that in the past with the with the whatever it's called down there the Super 14 or Super Rugby or whatever yeah. it's called like Super Duper Rugby lads who've gone down to use that as a stepping stone to get back into Europe like yeah, but the, the because of the off season is different it's the so point helpful. that I'm highlighting is that they're going there with the agreement that okay you go for a year your contract is here on the, back, in, yeah. in September 2020 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Gatlin's on something similar with the Lions isn't he? he's going yeah. for a year then he gets a year off to do the Lions yeah, then he goes mad. back like, he's a year with Chiefs what's the guy who comes in in the year off is Does brilliant he, uh, <laughs> like, Razzy Erasmus it's like, <laughs> well it's like the, the uh, Irish national team now with this Stephen Kelly coming in or the soccer team so- yeah, yeah the yeah, soccer that's, team like, yeah. that's just silly decisions but no I see why that worked there because he didn't feel ready yet and then, yeah, but then like, yeah, what, but he, he might not ever be ready. Don't guarantee him the position. Or Mick McCarthy might do really well. Well, yeah. yeah, what's Mick McCarthy's mind now? Like, I have two years, no matter what. So who gives a shit out of you? That's yeah. not the way he well, thinks. Farrell got the job as well, sort of like that as well. Like you're getting the job after the World Cup. No, but that's that's being told you're getting the job after World Cup. This is Mick McCarthy brought in to work for two years, regardless of how well he does. His job is gone. Yeah, but we're not going to Irish soccer. But, uh, no, but uh, never going to do that well. Anyway. <laughs> no, but. Uh, this the Gatlin thing or the going to Japan yeah. thing like Sonny Bill has done it he's done years yeah. on years off yeah. six months on six months off if you're going to be paid through Good the man. nose to run over people my favourite Manano did that didn't he Manano went to France yeah but he came back yeah. and played didn't he yeah. he came back and tried to get into the was he in the New Zealand squad for the World Cup was no he but he was in the round for the World Cup final that he, they won maybe it maybe was but he was back he was back in New Zealand this year trying trying, trying to get back kind of, yeah. but he was brought back with the idea of raising the intensity as opposed to like yeah Kind of the best name of all time, though. Man, man on it, oh, unbelievable. Rugby 08 was just so good. <laughs> <laughs> we'll finish on man on it. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you. Uh, follow me on Twitter at none underscore podcast and follow me on Spotify. I'm working on getting it on more platforms now. Get a hashtag master of none, hashtag master none. Tweet that shit. Yeah. Um, my phone number is oh no, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> <laughs> and send us in requests for entrance music because uh, yes, exactly, yeah. we'll finish on that. Yeah, so we'll leave you there. Uh, <laughs> this has been the Master of None podcast. Probably can't hear you. <laughs> Has- hashtag. Save yourself out. Master of None. Peace.